0: Welcome to the Youthscape podcast, the podcast for Christians who work with young people.
1: Welcome to the Youthscape Podcast. I'm Martin Saunders. Alongside me, Rachel Gardner, reeling a little bit.
0: I am reeling, actually. um,
1: From what's just taken place. So (laughs) let's let's break the fourth wall. Um, We record these podcasts uh, in a a, day. day. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Not all of them, but we do some of them together in a day. And so this is the end of the day. And the fear is always that the one at the end of the day won't be as good.
0: Yeah, it should come with a trigger warning. But it's a great guest. Hold on, a little
1: team turned up they to did. revitalize me, and I, it was a little bit like you know those um, what are those pads you call the yes, resuscitation the, machine yes, things? Yes,
0: it was. Well, they swooped in. They swooped yeah. in with a little vial of something. Yes, that went up your nose. It did. It did. What was it?
1: So apparently, this is uh, sworn by by professional footballers like Bakayo Saka. Is that right? Did I name the right person yeah
0: no apparently. idea but it sounds and,
1: good and uh smelling salts
0: well it sounds like a victorian treatment yeah, well, you
1: use that to rouse a woman who swooned oh, yes yeah, right. right. only, only men boxers would use create that <laughs> boxers use them i don't know why dave just did a boxing thing <laughs> producer dave never says anything i know so we sometimes have to read his mimes his and he's mind. doing a boxing mime
0: but the brilliant thing was this happened. Like, honestly, they, they came in. They came and, in like the defibrillator team. Yeah, they did. And just literally stuck this up your nostril. They did. Um, and then your reaction was, what did it feel like? It,
1: well, Dave used the... Because well, Dave can speak, you see, okay. he won't. Uh, he said it's like someone poked your brain, which is a bit like what it feels like. You look like someone so poked not, your brain. we're not... Do you feel like... This is taking me into a serious question. Do you feel like sometimes, if we're not careful... We can get into a cycle, particularly something like youth ministry that has those long hours, antisocial mm. hours, stuff at the start of the day, end of the day. You can get into a really unhealthy oh, cycle yeah. of what we will, might call legal legal highs, of using caffeine and you know sugar podcasts and podcasts, <laughs> um, and now it appears yeah. Victorian smelling salts to get you through, rather mm. than rather than knuckling down, and having healthy rhythms and. Like I yearn, Rachel, for for life balance.
0: It's my great prayer <laughs> I think the Smelly sorts are really working.
1: Yeah, but I pray about it. I pray you about yearn, it a lot. And it's the it's the it's the prayer that the Lord doesn't seem to answer. Um I'd I would love to have more life yeah. balance that I you know, that, that things like water and sleep and food and exercise and work and time would all be I maybe mean, it isn't is it was it just smelling sauce? I don't know. it yeah, might I think be. It was, it was just but, smelling That but
0: all those things might come together in some sort of glorious balance. I think in glory that'll happen and we can of course we can get better balance and rhythm now but I I do think you're right I do think for lots of us in youth ministry particularly if you're a volunteer and you come into youth ministry the youth club straight after a full day's work maybe you've got caring responsibilities so you pop home you sort the kids out you get feed the dog or you do other things that you need to do and you rock up at the the staff, and then you're there and you're deep I think that is a pattern of church life as well isn't it and it isn't sustainable and we do need to Review well, what it, so happens in the end?
1: Because you just crash, don't you? A, that is just a danger. You get ill. Yes. Or you completely burn out. Or you yes. just have a, like a small... Burnout where you like Spend a weekend in bed
0: Absolutely And that's why isn't it When churches then Are able to wonderfully Employ a youth worker Often the first thing That happens is All the volunteers resign Isn't it Because actually They have been Holding this thing Yeah Yeah, the conveyor belt So we do need to find Ways to do this differently You are absolutely right Oh I'm loving Martin Saunders Post smelling salts So uh, we're part of the Into God knows what season We're looking at some Of these big trends Or big things Happening within The world that will be into influencing different youth cultures in different ways. Young people that we work with, I love today's conversation. Mm. Number one, the person that we interview, I just think is fabulous, lovely, reverend. Have you noticed how many reverends and doctors? There's we a have lot on of reverends season? and doctors on this so, series. Reverend Ben Atkin. He um he started his life as a youth worker, working with young people in who are being um exploited, criminally exploited in London, yeah. in the city, of London. He's been part of church youth ministry setups. He's ordained. He's a church planter and he brings like such a, a wealth of wisdom in talking about emerging spiritualities. And I I feel like the beginning of the summer was the first time I heard about the witch talk. Trend, and yet
1: you already you spoke on it at Satellite. Well, because I said how fast you move. You heard about what in the beginning of the summer? Well,
0: end of May. I think I messaged you and said I need to do this. No, not I. I said somebody. Oh, somebody. Somebody. Somebody at satellites needs to talk about witch talk, not so much witch talk, but just about neo paganism, about just online spiritualities we're all sort of moved from everything being online in covid land to now much more sort of in and offline but what's remained is a lot of fascination in online spaces around emerging spiritualities and i said someone's got to do it yeah and you said you do it and i said i'll google it
1: (laughs) you did and so which talk just for people who don't like me who don't know that's like witch stuff that's happening on TikTok, right? Yes, it's,
0: it's films that you watch. And we go into it a little bit. Okay, um, oh, no, I'm looking guest.
1: forward to it. But before we get there, we've yeah, got more, so- more to cover. Oh, more to because- cover. I'm
0: drinking caffeine, which is which is a legal high. Yeah, <laughs> but you're
1: on the conveyor belt, aren't I you? I am. We <laughs> <on the conveyor laughs> <laughs> just need a little sleep. <laughs> I've got a five-hour journey in a minute. Okay, so um, there's always been, I keep hearing you use this phrase, there's always been in the Christian world, there's always a satanic panic, right? Mm. There's always a worry about the forces of the occult, Grabbing our young people mm. through media and through kind of cultural yeah. trends, right? Um, and so it's a serious subject, but it's but it's refracted through this slightly less serious medium of of yes. youth culture. Yeah. And so let let's just re- revisit this. We talked about in the podcast before, but you know my um, <laughs> my famous first foray into journalism all those years ago was writing Harry Potter.
0: Oh, Harry Potter is oh. Harry
1: Potter a moving staircase too far?
0: Oh, is yeah. that your phrase my that you came up with? My first article.
1: And man, I've, I still regret it. It comes up now and again. Friends bring it up. I imagine my 50th birthday, there'll be a whole bit on it. I just cannot run away from it because I would—I totally bought into the whole kind of, you Did know... You? Um, This
0: will be the the slippery slope. Yeah, the slippery slope, the
1: influence of wizards and witches on young people. But Mm. that has then over the last, you know, I can think of lots of different things and trends over the last 20 years, like the wicker books, the novels that came out and and jewellery and all sorts of other things over the last two decades. And it's sort—it's sort of cyclical. Mm. We get past it, and then we get worried about it again. So tell us—I t- mean, what is this a new? Is this new and different in an interesting way because of the emerging spirituality stuff, mm. or is it just a rehash of the thing I, that we keep I seeing?
0: I, I am no expert by any. Well, no, you googled, I, it of googled it at the start of May? I googled it at the start of May. I, mean, I guess on one level, it's it's the same old that we've always seen, except what's very interesting is to ask ourselves, why now? Why is this particularly popular now? What need is it meeting now? Why is it getting traction now? What's lacking for young people or for certain young people? Um, and, and particularly where, where we live in Blackburn, we're near Pendle Hill, which is, you know, the witches of Pendle Hill. And there's a whole history, isn't there, around women who don't fit in well into the community but are quite clever with herbs, you know, being called witches. So there's, there's so many things things that feed into this about groups that are marginalized and kind of demonized. But also in the midst of all of this, I do believe in the spiritual realm i believe in powers and principalities i believe when paul talks about that in the letters sometimes he's referring to culture sometimes he's referring to leadership and influence sometimes he's referring to spiritual forces malign beings sometimes and 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 so in that sense i probably like the guest today have a fairly simple approach which is a power a culture an influence an idea um, will either be holding you closer towards exploring life with God or will be holding you away from that. Yeah. And I think on that, as I've got older, I've got less concerned about whether it's a demon actually working in that young person's life and more towards is this young, this whatever this young person is experiencing and going through, is this, is this drawing them to Jesus? And if it's not, Mm. Then I need to be looking with good safeguarding thinking, um, keeping them safe, asking questions, being with them, unpacking that with them um, to explore what really is going on. But mm. I do, I do well, believe in of course
1: because I mean we grew up in uh, obviously at the same time in the nineteen fifties. We no, no no we grew up in the eighties uh, and, uh, and 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 nineties. And at the time, Ouija boards were quite a big thing. And huge, you You yeah. had some experience of it yeah, yourself,
0: yeah. absolutely. So I'm classic all girls school. So my family were were. Homeless, and so I ended up going to a private girls' school and and living there, sort of every now and then. Um, So, classic group of girls who would be into Ouija, that would be us and it was about trying to find out who we we're going to be married to in the future calling out some dead spirits i was a christian at that time my very conservative background so i knew this was not okay but i also had a fairly certain confidence that god was bigger so i wasn't actually i don't remember being afraid i just thought well if it is something then god's bigger than it which maybe that's naive or maybe that's just a genuine childlike faith so my friends would call up Demons, I never heard voices, and I think when I think back now, I could possibly project that I heard, but I don't think I did actually at the time. It was more the spelling out of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there was one particular day where um a power spelt out the date of one of my friends was gonna die, and it completely freaked out wow. our group of friendships. And um and at that point, me and another girl who were Christians. And actually, these other girls were part of church community, and that's interesting. With with witch talk, a lot of girls on witch talk are also saying, actually, the way to deal with this is is, is manifest Jesus. That's yeah. how you deal with this. It's quite interesting mashup. Mm. Um, so we chatted with a friend at church who said, but again, brilliantly simply, well, just pray in the room, pray to Jesus. So we did that, and mm. and then it didn't work from then on in. So yeah. But but again at the time I was like, yeah, of course. I've just prayed to Jesus. Well, and that's I, a really important thing. Yeah. I imagine
1: someone listening to this having a mild freak out. Mm-hmm. So that's just it's just worth saying that the biblical principle is the name of Jesus yes, cast makes out the demons, demons, demons flee. flee. Yeah. And and that's been your experience in other at other times in doing other that thing times, of, of praying. Yes. And the, and they're like, Why
0: oh, it stopped working. Yes. And actually, that is our practice of prayer walking around our estate is actually manifesting the presence of jesus so the word manifesting is used quite a lot isn't it culture at the moment is sort of say i want to manifest a car or mm. I want to manifest an amazing boyfriend that's not it's not manifesting something for us to have it's saying on on earth as it is in heaven mm. so jesus your view of this heavenly blackburn on earth as it is in heaven and and i have seen the demons flee i have we've We have. We absolutely Mm. have. And um, yeah, so I think in that sense, I have a fairly simplistic view. If something's happening here that shouldn't be happening, then we just name Jesus and he deals with it. And we haven't got to, we haven't got to conjure stuff up. We haven't got to spend forever doing this stuff. We haven't got to cast out. We haven't. There are some terrible practices that Christians do, aren't there? Like kneeling on someone's shares and no no you don't need to do any no, of that. No. Jesus, you're here. You're here, Jesus. So if there's anything that shouldn't else be here, Jesus, you reign, you're king. You'll deal with it. And we're gonna get on with supporting this young person and creating spaces for them to encounter you, Jesus. That's what we want.
1: Great. So again, not for the first time this season, I'm gonna say let's talk to the expert.
0: <laughs> and at one point towards the end, he does share something that he does, which for some people listening will be like Oof, I don't think I could do that and that's okay but I think it's good to listen for him he's knowing that Jesus is greater means that there's some stuff that he does to show that Jesus is greater it's quite powerful
1: well let's listen to the interview as you meet Reverend Ben Atkins <laughs>
0: let's talk definitions okay so this is new hashtag isn't there witch talk what on earth yeah. are we refer. What, what are we talking about when we talk about witch talk
2: well a quick look on tiktok suggests that this hashtag has been viewed over 47 billion times it's
0: extraordinary which is an it?
2: astounding statistic yeah. you have to bear in mind like the average tiktok user opens the app maybe around 20 times a day So when you do the maths, and I'm not very good at maths, you can begin to imagine how many people might be engaging with this. Even in Mm. a UK context, the UK kind of nuanced hashtag still has um, like 20 million or something, right? So so there's something going on here.
0: Yes, absolutely huge. And
2: like from my conversations with my friends who are youth workers and having a look myself, you've got this whole um, arena of people engaging with spiritual practices under this quite big banner of witchy or witchcraft or witch things it's really fascinating i don't know what you've seen of it rachel and um, what your first impressions are i'd also love to know what appeals to you about it
0: mm. Oh, this is lovely. The, in, the interviewee becomes the interview. I love this. Oh, well, I grew up a major fan of Wuthering Heights and Catherine Earnshaw. So gothic literature was my absolute bag as a teenage girl. Um, so I absolutely loved anything about goth, um, about death, about the afterlife, witches, ghosts. Um, and in my head, it wasn't in conflict with my Christian faith because I had a worldview that said God is bigger. So I kind of felt quite safe. I never did potions. I got involved in a bit of occult, seancey stuff at my school. And then when I realized how dangerous this was, a lovely guy at my church, they'd just go into that room and pray. And when we prayed, my friends couldn't call up the spirits the next day. So I kind of saw firsthand Uh, that this is really appealing and God is bigger. But had somebody been my youth worker at that time, they maybe would have thought, oh my goodness, this girl, she's, that's it. She's gone to the dark side. So So I'm really interested to know how to face that with young people. And I guess the reason, Ben, that we've invited you into this space is you have a bit of a story around some of this stuff. So can I turn that back on you and say... What, what appealed you? Like, was this part of your story? My thing about Wuthering Heights, like when you were a teenager, you were exploring spirituality. Where did that take you?
2: For me, it led me into a weird mashup of um, like what, what boomers would probably call new age spirituality, Satanism as a philosophy, as well as some like occult rituals around there. For me, Rachel, it was about seeking actually honesty, and being real Mm. about life and its realities and also on a personal level because of things that i've been through as a child i did have a trajectory towards anything that would help me feel in control Mm. or anything that would help me escape the realities that were like within me but i didn't know how to express them so i think there's a there are two levels of things going on one is like there's a youth culture thing there is a shift Which is really worth us paying attention to and learning from, not Mm -hmm. just imposing our opinions on, which I think is a good role, good rule for youth work anyway. Mm -hmm. right? But also at a personal level, I think we have to be inquisitive about those for whom this is more than a trend and there's something very deeply within them that connects to this.
0: That's brilliant. So before we get into that second part, I think that's great. Let's deep dive into the what might for some young people really draw them quite deeply into, into the world of occultism or some of the satanic practices that you've been talking about. So I think that's really good to avoid satanic panic and say there's a trend. There's a witch talk trend. A lot of it is aesthetic. It's having stuff in your house like candles that, that light at a certain time of day or night. There's a playfulness around some of the icons and the ideas which we would have views on but it is a kind of an aesthetic or a kind of a sense of empowerment what would you say i mean would you would you in observing youth culture would you give any reasons as to why that trend is catching right now like what is it about the current state of the world that maybe witch talk takes on now whereas it might not have done 10 years ago pre-covid pre ukraine war you know climate crisis type stuff what, what's going on would you say now in, in part of that
2: Yeah, good question. I think the first thing that I'd love to name is, like, when we're talking about youth culture, um, most of the people on talk are white (laughs) and they are young women. And so when we talk about youth culture, we have to look not just at the, like, the meta trends of what's going on in society, but um, how are these demographics experiencing what's going on in society? Because, you know, youth culture... Um, in some bits of my neighborhood looks very different to youth culture in other bits of my neighborhood mm. so I think that's that's a slightly deeper question that needs asking um, and again I would back up and ask a more general question and say like hands up I'm quite a simple guy and my understanding of Christian life and the way that the world is both as God made it to be and and the ways it's fallen apart is that there are really just two wisdoms to live by, right? There's life connected to, the, to God or there's life trying to do it on our own. And we're all seeking belonging, purpose, identity. And we're all looking for a system, mm-hmm. a, a semi-coherent system to find those things, to find belonging, identity, purpose, direction. And from my point of view, this might sound quite black and white but finding those things anywhere other than god at its root has satan and that um being a shopaholic is just as satanic as being an out and out satanist
0: wow okay
2: and so for me um youth trends are fascinating to see what um from my background the kind of white middle class church get scared about what it doesn't.
0: Yes, Ben, that's incredible. I love that. That's such a good challenge because I think you're right. We do, all of us, whatever age we are in terms of our youth ministry, we will inherit a kind of a set of assumptions around certain behaviours. And it's so interesting, isn't it, that we... Many of us listening to this or probably everyone listening to this podcast, you're, you're operating within a kind of a church sphere or you are a Christian youth worker, you know, serving young people outside of a church environment, but you carry the gospel with you. So we we know that we carry with us the words of eternal life. You know, we know that he that is in us is greater than he that's in the world. And yet we still have a higher anxiety about a young person's spiritual well-being with some of these practices and not others. And you're absolutely right to identify materialism, the kind of the the, the hell of empty, cold consumerism, materialism, pe- pitched against the fear of uh, new age theologies and uh, spiritualities. Um, I'm not a boomer, but I know what you're talking about. So I think, so there's, let's sort of dig into that a little bit because you're obviously somebody that that you, before you said, I'm Christ's, you said, well, I'm I'm gonna explore my purpose, and my identity, and my belonging and my power somewhere else can you tell us a little bit about what that looked like for you Ben and what that how that shaped you in how you minister with young people
2: yeah so how how it looked like for me I remember you know from an early age there was a dimension to the world and existence that you know growing up in quite like an outwardly comfortable area neighborhood and a school I'm not sure so many of my peers had experienced I'm sure you know you never quite know what's going on behind closed doors but I was always hungry for people who were just honest about life
0: Mm.
2: and I didn't find that in the church experiences that I had in you know a neighborhood that was England's version of the American dream Um, and I didn't see that in the church experience that I had um, all the kind of families that we were connected to and so I had this this hunger, like accompanying this desire for me to feel perhaps more disproportionately in control of, of quite a chaotic inner life. And also me trying to escape a lot of pain that I felt. I was always looking for ways to just feel high um, or feel in control. And at age 11 or 12, I had a bit more freedom to explore the town on my own, make my own friends outside of the social circles my family put me in. And found people, other people, like a lot of them were older, but who were just more real mm. about about stuff. And I remember my folks being frustrated that I was hanging around with with older kids who were swearing, but their concern was about the language they were using. But for me, the appeal was the fact that they were using their language in their honesty about how rubbish situations mm. were. Mm. And I do think that's a bit of a challenge to us that (laughs) in our work as ministers, youth workers, friends to younger people, we really mustn't get offended at our sensibilities
0: Mm.
2: and always be asking, okay, like, why are they saying that? Mm. So for me, um, it was a bit of a slippery slope really from there And I would say like, it was a negative thing. And obviously we can talk about the negatives of, of the occult for sure. Um, but I just found myself more and more at home with people who were doing rituals into some alternative spiritualities. And that, that led me led me to a point where like through some bad relationships and that sort of thing, I distanced myself from my family Mm. um, was carrying even more pain from other things I'd been through that I didn't let anyone else in on. And then uh, one night, I remember picking up the Satanic Bible, which I didn't realize at the time. It's like a, a philosophical manifesto of um, doing life on your own mm-hmm. and harnessing everything you feel and whatever powers might be out there to feel as in control as possible and put yourself first. And, you know, i realized since I'm not sure the guy who wrote it was trying to start a religion but as I read it, I felt incredibly spiritually connected to it. Um, and so, um, and it has these rituals in it that people would say are, you know, um, kind of made up rituals uh, that aren't designed to do anything. I didn't know that. So I just performed some of them on myself. Um, I, won't, I won't give more no, detail, just trigger warnings, people listening and stuff. Uh, yeah. So I did that. I felt this incredible spiritual power overcome me and was useful. You know for the for months or so that I lived it out uh and then maybe after maybe six months to a year of living that way, uh, Jesus rescued me pretty <laughs> dramatically um things did start to fall apart and then um and then they started to fall apart but in a more Christian way <laughs> uh, yeah and and so for me like to answer your second question. I think what that experience has given me is, in my work with young people, always an inquisitiveness. Mm. Like, what's really going on for you? A lack of offence-taking.
0: Good. Yeah.
2: And also, I think when it comes to discipleship and evangelism, such a clear conviction that my role is to help you meet with the Jesus who meets you where you are.
0: Mm. So good, Ben. I lo- mm. I'm so grateful that Jesus rescued you.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too.
0: I'm so grateful. I would grateful. be dead. Yeah. I wouldn't be here. I know yeah. a little more of your story and I'm so grateful to you for for sharing. And um, yeah, so grateful. You talk about like really encountering a spiritual power. Now, this is an interesting thing. If we want to sort of pull back from your story now and think we, we're in a secular age where secular society is largely said that there is no God, like there's no God component. If there is a God, he's sick, there's no God. And so if increasingly, or if it's the same as before, it's just we're more aware of it, young people like yourself are in their bedroom somewhere conjuring up stuff, manifesting stuff, or, or just on their knees. What else is there? What? And they're experiencing something. A secular society surely says there's one of two options here they are either having a mental breakdown and seeing things, in which case they need intervention help, or they are having a spiritual experience, in which case there must be something else out there. And as a secular society can't, can't you know, they can't believe in a devil if they don't believe in a, in a God. So so the this, the end result is, well, a secular society cannot actually vouchsafe young people who are engaging in emergent spiritualities because their worldview just does not enable them to safely care for young people who might be having a mental health moment they might be having grief and trauma or actually they might be encountering something um good evil they could be encountering something so i find that space ben as a youth practitioner as a minister really interesting because i i'm not afraid of that (laughs) but i am i am cautious I am. I, I feel like I've got lots more to learn about how the young people that are at our estate, who are seeing certain ghosts and apparitions in their houses, I am concerned about where this might take them. But I am concerned that they would see that church is the place to come and bring this. That they make that connection. So, so how? I mean, I, I the how do we questions are always a little bit tricky, aren't they? But how do we engage in this in a way that isn't satanic panic? <laughs> But also isn't kind of a hands off, well, as long as they're exploring, actually, eventually all roads will lead to Jesus. I mean, what is what does wisdom look like in this space? Wow. (laughs) I mean, that is the that is the killer question, isn't it? (laughs) What do you think? Well, I one of our lovely youth workers. I sort of bless him. He knows that I tell this story. But when we, after the young people we on our estate were telling us all about this particular apparition that lots of them see in different houses on the estate, we were sort of chatting as a team and saying, "Okay, this could be social contagion. It could be one story that's been extra. Yeah, they're all sharing that story. But there's a co- there's a kind of a collective meaning here on this estate. Our young people on our estate expect to see." Other beings—that's not unusual for them. So uh, one of our lovely youth volunteers said, "So Rachel, could we like do like a um, could we could we do something like where we like like a like a Christian seance? Like what what's a Christian seance?" And I said, "I think it's we invite the Holy Spirit." And they all went, "Oh oh yes, that's what." And I but I know what he was saying. He was saying. If they're hungry, let's light some fires on these streets and let's get young people around them and let's talk about hell. <laughs> let's talk about demons and death and ghosts and God. Let's let's bring it all here. Um, so we've begun to sort of open up that space and sometimes they don't want to and sometimes they do and it's just quite interesting where it goes, but I guess I feel like I'm learning afresh with this group. What What is connecting with them? Yeah that's that's kind of where my head's at with it. Mm.
2: And as a youth worker, as you've as you're going on that journey with them, what bits of the gospel maybe bits of like the New Testament stories or teachings have mm. connected with you, have mm. brought you some clarity or a bit of steer?
0: Well, interestingly, it is the stories of Jesus casting out the demons. Because I think what, what's what been interesting for us and some of our volunteers, and I don't know if you find this as well, suddenly those stories where Jesus takes demons very seriously become very important. Because you think actually in a world that says this doesn't actually exist, if you're a voice saying, no, no, I yeah, okay, I think you probably did see something, or... I'm not gonna to say to you, no, you didn't see anything. No, that was just you having a sleepless night and a bad trip, Saying, taking it seriously, their spiritual encounters. But I, I love what you talked about, the hunger, the deep hunger, and you're curious about young people's hunger. Do you find that the conversations you have with young people feel similar to how you were expressing stuff in the past? Or do, do, you, do you feel that it's a little bit different now how young people are talking about their spiritual hunger? both Mm.
2: and some of it's the context that i work in um most of the young people that i connect with are in neighborhoods that have been marginalized and under-resourced and so there's a far more widespread experience of trauma Mm. and oppression at a family and a societal level and so certainly that sense of people looking for some system that gives them some more power
0: Mm.
2: and so one of the youth cultures in my neighbourhoods their their route to that is gang culture county lines and for others it's getting into work young scrapping off school to go to work with dad Mm. for others it's gaming building games and that sort of thing Mm. and for others yeah, it's um, it's this. And so going back to what I said earlier about me being quite simple, like in all these things, you've got different ways that people are seeking to get a sense of belonging, identity, purpose and direction. Mm. And some contribute to the common good more than others. Some are more problematic than others. Some raise more safeguarding concerns than others. Mm. Some um, have far more risk to the precious life of a young person in our neighborhood mm. than others. Mm. Right? And so... I think it's crucial that when we're chatting with, spending time with, sitting around on the on the steps with any of the young people in our neighbourhood, we're primarily addressing those questions of belonging mm. and identity and purpose and direction and inquiring with them about how they're seeking
0: mm.
2: to get that. I do think, Rachel, there is certainly a cultural shift. You know, culture um, goes in... Pendulum swings, yes, yeah, always reflexes a bit. And my my opinion, and this would be backed up by some sociologists, is that every culture in some ways reclaims something which is important to reclaim that was overlooked by the generation before and always goes a little bit too far the other way. And now there's something about um individual impact that I see in my younger sister, in my younger sister's generation and the generation beneath her, that where we have felt disempowered and screwed over by the leaders of the generation above, there's a reclaiming of individual agency. Um, Dan, who heads up Youth Alpha, um, has this this brilliant take. I don't know if he got it from somewhere else. Um, but he's a wise guy maybe he came up with it he talks about you know gen z being called the snowflake generation he says well, the thing about snowflakes is you put them together you have an avalanche
0: <laughs> yes right yeah
2: and i see i see something of that in the younger generations that they realize that their voice can matter Um, however at the same time it's difficult to be heard on a human level mm. because the power is still held onto by the older generations and so i'm not surprised that using their individual agency at a supernatural level to impact things around the world and in their lives has been something that has caught the attention. Does
0: that make sense? Yes, it really does make sense. You're absolutely right about power. And you you sort of very wisely at the beginning said, actually, let's remember this is not exclusively, but we're talking about white girls, in a lot of this again not exclusively and how you know young people of other ethnicities engage has been an interesting conversation and and who can do what in the terms of calling themselves witches and which kind of spells but you're absolutely right just watching power being taken uh, and manipulated and yeah absolutely and I I'm, I'm I'm a product of the spice girls generation you know I that captivated me age 15 16 that here were five girls singing and doing it for themselves. Like that was powerful. That will always be captivating for a marginalized group. So I suppose one of my last questions would be, you're also a church leader, Ben, and um, you're a church leader, you're planted a church, um, an area of high deprivation, fantastic community. Um, And so you're leading across generations and across cultures and across youth cultures and really hearing you speak, it's so clear you have such a solid anchor. just give us a little bit of insight then into how how can we as youth ministers, church leaders, just make sure it's not a neutered Christianity we're presenting to young people or to any generation. This is this is life and death. <laughs> we're part of the institutional church, you and me, but this is life yeah. and death. Like how how do you navigate that? What what be some of your practices where you are?
2: I think like relevant to this specific issue of, of witch talk, like I think it's a Regardless of whether we're experiencing this in our churches or neighborhoods, the issue underneath it really calls us to the same stuff. I would say um, that that young people, and in fact, everyone is looking for identity, purpose, belonging, direction. Are we being bold mm. about where those things lie within Jesus? Mm. Because if we're not, and we're not offering an authentic experience by which I mean, um, with the power of God and the vulnerability of people, right? Because Mm. his power is made perfect in our weakness. Our weakness is his natural habitat. Um, And if we're not being honest about how rubbish life can be Mm. and expectant that the power of God will meet us there to pull us into community and pull us through those hard times... We're not allowing people to discover the beauty of gospel community Mm. and they will look elsewhere for it. Yes. If we're not talking about um, depression and anxiety and sex and trauma and um, supernatural experiences, we're actually not facing up to the, the wholeness of the world that God has made and the reality of what's going on in it. Mm. And so we, we have to be embracing these conversations. Otherwise, we're showing a narrow Christianity. Yes. And of, and of course, people who are craving more than that will reject it
0: yes. because
2: we're selling them short on the gospel and we're selling God short on his church. And so I'd say to, to us as leaders, Rach, you and me, we, we have to continue um, being passionate about, about being real, Mm. but also super expectant of the power of god you know um when i started getting into the occult and you know new age spirituality i experienced so much more power in that stuff than Mm. i'd ever experienced in in the church In, in a church that at the time had said to me oh the gifts of the holy spirit were for then and not for now
0: oh right okay yeah yeah
2: and so Exactly like your story of, you know, a Christian seance. Well, let's just invite the Holy Spirit. We've got to be bold Mm. in in doing that. um, I once sat down with a friend who offered to uh, read my tarot cards, right? And I said, um, and like, this is going to be controversial. You're welcome to cut this story out in the post edit. (laughs) I, I said, and this was a few years ago, I said, yes, so long as I can then sit and listen to the Holy Spirit for you
0: wow ben i and, love that and, and
2: so and so we did it yeah. and like, it was interesting i got to learn more about this thing um i, I didn't feel like i was possessed off the back of it i, I wouldn't i wouldn't recommend it and it mm. fits into that that thing and like the the mission the missional context um gives us a sense of you know that's where they're not everything is uh, not yes. everything is recommendable right yes yeah so so she said hey can i read your tarot and i said i said yes so long as i can then sit with you hold your hand and listen to the holy spirit for you and so she read my tarot it was interesting i got to learn a bit more about that i was able to look at it um like from the viewpoint of my other friends who were paying for that kind of stuff mm. thinking what is it about this you know and, and as a result i've been able to minister more effectively f- for people around this kind of stuff and then i got to sit with her and I hold her hand and listen to the holy spirit for her and she began weeping mm-hmm. and I got to speak into her life. And the decisions she's made off the back of that have led her into some really fruitful places. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I felt compelled to take that risk when I grew up. And even the first church that I was part of when I first became a Christian was, was very scared of these things.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And condemned anybody who was seeking them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And yet what I've learned through the work of God in my own salvation and life is that people who are seeking these things you know they're not trying to channel satan to do terrible things they're seeking direction purpose belonging identity and sometimes we have to intercept where people are at creative language christian seances whatever it is in order to meet people where they are so i would say I think as leaders, Rachel, we have to be bold.
0: Of you, Martin, sort of talk, talking about like what does it look like to missionally engage in some of these new spaces, and the Christians have always asked those questions. Like always, it's not the first time. But, um, but how do we get that right? How do we engage with what's happening and what young people are experiencing? When are the times that we need to say, no, actually, that there's a distinction here that we can't that that can't be like a number of, of, the, of the witches on witch talk call themselves witch, Christian witches. You know, mm. that's a mashup that I'm not comfortable with. Mm. I think you're either for Christ or you're not. But but what does what does the mission look like in terms of some of these spaces? Well, first
1: of all, you have to you have to absolutely make sure that you're not trying to engage to be cool. That's like the biggest pitfall of youth ministry, isn't it? The, if you're trying to just be cool and like speak the lingo in order to be liked and accepted, then I think that's probably the wrong reason. And it will fall on its face because, mm. we, you know, we talked about the fact that young people can smell inauthenticity a mile off. Mm. But I think, you know, I mean, I worked with some young people a couple of years ago who started coming to our group um and, and it' sort of come out of nowhere, but massive into Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. And it struck me at the time that, you know, there would be certainly probably not anymore, but rewind 20, 25 years. there been a lot of Christians who would have said, no, yeah. you can't, you can't do Dungeons and Dragons and be a Christian. You know, it's really important. So, I mean, the, st- the starting point is just listening, isn't it? Yes. The starting point is just being prepared to listen to somebody else's Worldview and the stuff that they're excited about and passionate about, you're not necessarily affirming that stuff, are you? By by listening and 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 showing an interest, I think trying to then prove your you, you've got the the mm. knowledge and that you understand it and all that sort of thing. That's as I said, that's probably a
0: yes. fool's errand. And unhelpful. I'm just just smiling right to myself because we had a young guy, a youth worker, come and stay with us for a couple of weeks from a different European country, um, and. <laughs> And uh, was very concerned about young people that we were working with, their interest in Dungeons and Dragons, all that kind yeah. of stuff. And uh, my lovely husband just heard that the, the tail end of that conversation and said, Well, I'm going to the I'm going to the cinema to watch Dungeons. Do you wanna come Do you want to watch Dungeons and no. and I'm behind him going, No, it's not. You caught this wrong. But then my lovely kid said to this lovely male youth worker, Do you wanna watch a movie? with us tonight and they watched matilda with us I was just
1: like, oh no <laughs>
0: so i was like oh my goodness we couldn't have been more written on for this man's like oh he was so gracious and loving and and actually i it provoked good conversation for us i said in, in this context here this just isn't an issue you know kids watching matilda and and, and all well there's, there's different things that she does but i think it's a really good it's a good reflection to think not not how do we shoehorn the gospel in? Because you never need to shoehorn the gospel. You don't need Evan to make it relevant. But I like what um, Ben says, that he was searching for authenticity, for people mm. to be honest about who they were and, and what was going on. And if some of the things that young people are, involved and engaged with not the things that are out and out harming them so there will be engagement with mm. witch talk that is out and out harming them but where there's an interest or they're loving playing drugs and dungeons and dragons or they're interested in goth material and literature that tells us something about where they're looking for identity belonging purpose mm. and direction mm. isn't it and we don't have to engineer what the gospel says We need to, we can invite them to meet the god who absolutely has the richest of answers for all those areas and, and not be afraid to be bold, to be bold in that yeah. space. But that's yeah. good.
1: Now, all this, this conversation has reminded me of one of those awful things that happens to me quite regularly. It had been laid dormant in the back of my mind for a long time. I've good just remembered this.
0: Sniffing salts. <laughs>
1: um, but I am... Um, as i may have mentioned on the podcast before uh, i had a brief stint as a failed hollywood screenwriter oh. and at one stage i went out to stay with the family of a well-known actor and they are very strong christians they're quite they're not massively overt about it but they're very conservative christians and uh, and i'd brought gifts for their kids their three kids oh not a high possibility i brought gifts and yeah i oh, no. i totally blew it because i bought 3 books I literally, I didn't have kids at the time, so I wasn't really thinking. The Twilight series. No, I got like a Harry Potter book for the older one. I got, um, it was like an illustrated Harry Potter thing. I got the Jolly Postman for the middle one, which is, sounds fine. Turns Part, out there's a no, big witch section in there. There is a big witch section, and then also a Megan Mog book for the little <gasps> one. And I just wasn't—I hadn't thought about it at all. I literally bought like, and they opened the first one, and you could see the colour drain from oh, no. the mum's face. She was like, "This is never going anywhere near my child." And they were, so, and the kids were looking at like, you know, you this almost the kids great. were about. To, no, the kids were almost about to say, "We're not allowed this." <sighs> you know, it was sort of had that look about it. And then I just remembered what, and as I realised what I'd done. I then remember what was still wrapped up. Oh, no. And I thought, well, I've, hand- I've handed them over now. You're going to open three witch based um, children's books. And, uh, oh yeah, my that, goodness. That professional relationship did not work out. Did
0: not go. You could have been a big screenwriter. Maybe. Yeah. And that's interesting in a country where Halloween yeah. is very well, you go one way or the other don't you? You do. So I absolutely do not we don't do Halloween. We, we oh, I can't stand Halloween. Yeah so and actually we don't do Halloween as a family because actually I am like there's power in this mm. and actually there's an ancient power in this and I'm not going to like if kids come to my door I'm not going to be like Aah. but I make it very clear to our children we celebrate the light and that's what we do is let's have a great fun night. So it is really interesting isn't it? So that might sound deeply hypocritical. Here mm. I am laughing about let my kids watch Matilda mm-hmm. but we don't do Halloween but we We all have, in that sense, we all have those interesting inconsistencies. But I think there needs to be a generosity to each other to say, actually, Christ is bigger than all of this. And a young person's addiction to vaping can be just as satanic in terms of, dragging them deep into a space that is like hell for them, you know, like yeah. it can be this yeah. and an addiction to shopping and an addiction to always getting A's at everything. Like mm. that's a helpful check, isn't it? Mm. If we're more concerned about a young person watching or reading Harry Potter, then we are about just consuming a kind of a greed culture. Then I, I think we've misunderstood mm. what God talks about when he talks about, mm. you know, life without him is hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So um, so I hope that's been helpful. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of a, a different episode. Love it. This whole season of uh, the Youthscape podcast is sort of a sister season to the conference that we're running, the National Youth love Ministry it. Weekend. Um, so uh, you can still buy tickets for that unless mm. you're listening to this in the future. Um, and uh, you can get them at youthscape.co.uk. .uk forward slash NYMW, National Youth Ministry Weekend. Some brilliant speakers, uh, amazing times of worship and ministry. Um, we're going to be tackling these big topics plus a load of others. We're going to look at uh, all sorts of other areas of youth ministry that aren't to do with the future and navigating it because you still want to yes, do your job.
0: we have. So, yeah. um,
1: so there's all that stuff as well. But we hope to see you there. Check it out. Uh, there's actually another website you can go. So you can go to mymw.info. That also takes you to the same page. So Um, that's just confused things a bit hasn't it
0: that's fantastic so it's been a great episode and for those of you that are going to see at the National Youth Ministry Weekend we cannot wait but there is more to come next week so tune in next week wonderful people for more from into God knows what
1: This is definitely out of sequence yeah. now. We're gonna have to fit this in earlier. It's not that we're about to <laughs> we're to yeah, it's we're
0: about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's not do it Let's it's not do it. Not Forget it. that. Yeah, Forget We banged it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <it's> just, <laughs> Land the plane. This is definitely the last one. Yeah, Land yeah. the plane. Uh,